on this episode of menstruction the physical connection is the flower that you see the rose that you see in the field that's what drew your attention but then the action of acting upon that is you pulling the rose out of the ground and so what you did is you now removed it and its roots or you separated it from its roots and that's a key distinction to make because a lot of people snatch the flowers out of the ground and don't realize that they've left the roots behind It was a brick by brick and a stone by stone. Rome wasn't built in a day, it wasn't done alone. See, the spirit is the merit and the mind is the home. It takes a whole village to get a child out this home, yes. To be a great man without good instructions, a surefire way to lead a life of destruction. Let's be honest, sit down and tune in. Put an hour of your life into some instruction. Greetings, 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 and salutations, my beautiful souls and spirits. Coming through your airwaves right now is Black Velvet, and this is Menstruction, the place that provides you with the beneficial bricks to fortify the structure that is you incorporated. That's a company that has to be fruitful and successful. Hello, I'm back. We are back. Oh my God. It feels like it's been so long. (laughs) It feels like it's been so long. Oh man. But I'm glad to be back in the recording space, to be back in the builder space, the building space. Moment of full disclosure, man. It has been tough to get to this next episode and, and, and the new content because I've really been thinking just mulling over different ideas and new fresh material things that are genuine to what this platform is about to hold myself accountable to myself and you guys i'm just gonna kind of parse out a little bit of what's to come so so there will be main episodes um but i'm also working on a new piece of content that I think that you all will enjoy, but also just to really dive into some other aspects from a different uh, perspective. Be on the lookout. That's coming soon. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to have a real man conversation. This topic that we're discussing today is something that I'm upset about. I'll be honest. I'm upset about it. I'm a little pressed. Okay. And this is something that I've seen consistently across the board and many have discussed many understand and many have to live with it myself included and we need to talk about it and we need to really get into it and try to get to maybe some of the more interpersonal aspects of it or we need to get to maybe better highlighting the perspective of one of the two sides so that the other side can be more conscious and self-aware because there's a major lack of self-awareness with this issue on both sides, I would say. But there's there's a major lack of self-awareness and that leads to an accountability problem as well. And as we all know, when individuals are not held to account, then they will bankrupt that account (laughs) to their free will. There has to be some balances in check. Oh, what? Was I spitting right there? I just the wordplay was crazy just now. I didn't <laughs> that wasn't wasn't even intentional. I'm not a rapper. I'll open 
this conversation with a question. What is the most successful pickup line? I'll give you a second to think about it. Come up with some answers in your head. What is the most successful pickup line? The one that has lasted the longest, that has seen some generations, that has a damn near 100% success rate, that transcends all cultural differences, whatever the case may be, works internationally. What is it? And yes, there is a correct answer here. This is not an open-ended question. And the answer is, hello, hi, howdy, how are you? If you're Jack Harlow, what's poppin'? Whatever variation you so choose. But at the, the core, it's it's a warm, simple greeting, hello. That That is unassuming. That's unintrusive and uninv- uninvasive. Why do I ask that question? See, the issue that I want to go into and that we gotta have a greater conversation about is the communication breakdown between the male type humanoids and the female type humanoids there's a there's a breakdown man and what comes out of it is disrespect that's one of the issues there's a disdain and an overall disrespect and i don't always think it's intentional but we're gonna get to that there's a disrespect that happens where Young women are being extremely disrespectful to young men and young men are being extremely disrespectful to young women. And what happens is when that communication breakdown happens and that disrespect manifests, we cannot come to the table on things that we have to coalesce on to understand. But more importantly, think about what happens when you feel disrespected. Put yourself in a position where You were with some people, with someone, you went somewhere, and you felt disrespected. What happens? Well, for one thing, it changes your perspective of the individual that disrespected you. You now deprioritize the value of that person because you were disrespected. Whether that be temporarily or it's a permanent change. But you feel disrespected, so now I look at you as less of a person. I have less respect for you. Then what else happens? Immediately on the spot, whether you realize it or not, new checks and balances are set in your mind that are assigned to that individual. And what do I mean by checks and balances? Meaning, moving forward, every interaction you have with that individual, there's now a different way that you're going to navigate every single time. There are going to be new protocols and processes in place mentally that happen Because you will always remember that disrespect. And it it does depend on the relationship with that individual and, you know, what the past is. But it alters the perception of that individual, no matter who it is, no matter how close it is, no matter what the relationship is, no matter what, there will always be a change that's going to happen, a transformation. And so if you take that, which we could say is an arguably minor transition in a grand scheme of things right but you take that and you amplify it you multiply it times the many many people that experience that on a regular basis you take that you multiply that across a generation of people that small shift turns into a monumental transition it changes the whole basis of where it's occurring and so now the unity that we can have 
the base level consideration and understanding we should have for one another, that's not the standard anymore. The standard has changed because the process has changed. The basis upon which these, in this case, the communication is supposed to be built on has changed. The standard for what's respectful, responsible, and acceptable changes. A lot of us have seen that firsthand, have experienced it firsthand. And how do I know? Because it almost appears that the standard is now on both sides. You have to watch out for the other side. You can't trust the other side. Even what is heard all the time, something that I uttered myself the other day and heard multiple times the other day. People today are built different. People don't move the way they used to move. They don't do the things they used to do. Now, I don't know about these, these, these new kids. I don't know about these new chicks. These modern females. These modern women. On the flip side. I don't know about these dudes nowadays. What type of shit they be on. So, we recognize it. It's very tangible. We know it's there. But how did we get to that point? And why does the all-time epic pickup line Hello. mean anything to that? That pickup line, if you even use lines, which is beyond the point, is the most successful because it does some very crucial things and it does all of them immediately. Because when you're interested in someone of the opposite sex, and now we're moving back to the romantic space for a second. When you're interested in someone, there are a lot of thoughts that go through your mind. And if you're making the decision to approach that person, you've already gone through your own personal process gone over your own check boxes and they've hit enough of the right ones that now you're deciding to make that move that's a conversation that you're that you want to begin and so you've considered how do i approach what am i going to say why am i approaching what is my end goal you've considered all those things and so there are numerous different ways that you can approach and there are a whole handful of things that you can say you could say everything that's on your mind from a male perspective, that approaches and you say exactly how you're feeling. Oh, hey, how you doing? You are so gorgeous. You are so beautiful. You are the best looking thing in this room right now. I saw you. You look so good. I just had to come say something. And just about all of us know that that is a very unsuccessful approach. The 0.01% of the time that that succeeds, it does. But it's not a very successful way to approach. Because it's too presumptuous. It's just a little too honest, right? There are too many things that you're banking on there that A, that individual is really going to appreciate. That young lady is really going to appreciate how much you're admiring her physical appearance. And that's not to say that she won't, but it's not going to give you the outcome that you want, which is I want to facilitate a dialogue with you to understand and get to know what is beyond that physical aspect. I want to know what makes you you. I want to get to the character side of it, the human part of you. Clearly, you can connect with people on a physical level, but that has its limitations. There's a reason that they say beauty is skin deep, because it is. You can connect with someone on a physical aspect, but that's short-lived. And just think about it. I mean... Think about how many things come to mind, like genuine connections. Of course, the big obvious one, you think of sex. Okay, cool. And that already has its own diminishing marginal utility. Maybe you have a mutual connection in a developing yourself physically. One of my favorite places, the gym. 
you connect with someone on that level because you're trying to become more fit and healthy to strengthen yourself to fortify the structure that is you you can connect with someone maybe in a rehabil a rehabilitatory rehabilitation space you're trying to strengthen yourselves from some kind of pain or some kind of a handicap so then that manifests in going to physical therapy or maybe a a nurse patient kind of thing and so there's that kind of a physical connection maybe you connect with someone physically in a ethnic space certain kinds of black people maybe you're in a predominantly white institution but there's a co i won't say coalition there's a group of black students that come together and convene and so your connection is based off of a physical attribute you might discover you have some cultural commonalities as well and that further unites all of you so there's that physical connection with all those examples and anything else you can throw in there in every case for there to be a deeper human connection there has to be something to connect with beyond the physical attribute the physical attribute can be the catalyst it can be the beginning but the actual roots thinking about it as if it's a, a plant the part that's above ground the part that you see that you can actually tangibly perceive is only part of it that's the physical attribute the physical connection if you will but what actually where the the nutrients where the life of the plant or in this case connection between people is the part the part that's under the surface you don't see the roots and for all of us who have who grew up with you know big trees at our our family's homes or for all of us that have tripped over tree roots that are fucking five miles from the damn tree <laughs> you know how crucial roots are to the structure to keep the actual plant alive and again to translate the metaphor how crucial the roots are to sustain connections with each other if you connect with someone on a sexual level that's your physical connection that's the plant that's the tree that you can't see but what happens with that a lot of the time there's always the complication of people have sex with each other and then they don't want to catch feelings it's just supposed to be casual it's just physical but how many times does that actually pan out that way how realistically does that happen more times than not it doesn't and it's not supposed to because in the process of getting your foot in the door of inserting yourself into the situation you've now passed the plant to use another metaphor think about it like this the physical connection is the flower that you see the rose that you see in the field that's what drew your attention but then the action of acting upon that is you pulling the rose out of the ground and so what you did is you now removed it and its roots or you separated it from its roots and that's a key distinction to make because a lot of people snatch the flowers out of the ground and don't realize that they've left the roots behind and what happens when you don't establish new roots for a plant it dies there's a reason that people buy the store-bought flowers and when you don't tend to them correctly they wilt and they die they've been separated from the roots if you really want a plant this is not a horticulture lesson i promise <laughs> but if you really want to help a plant succeed 
And for all of us that, hell, watch PBS kids growing up, because they had plenty of programs like this, you dig into and they scoop out the dirt under the plant that contains the roots. And you take all of that. You don't just snatch the top portion of the plant out of the ground because it will die. You get that handful of soil where the roots are and scoop all of that out and then move it to another structure, another pot, whatever the case may be. So that it can continue to grow and flourish. For us as people to continue to flourish and grow and to develop successfully together, we have to transfer each other's roots i feel like that that's 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 too deep that's too deep on them we have to transfer each other's roots when we try to focus on and develop those deeper ties coalesce and convene with just the plant with just the top portion that's above the surface you're already starting with a decaying process. You're destined to see death with that relationship. When we do not approach each other and communicate in a way that says, I understand you are another structure with your own roots that are rooted in, in, in its own place. And I do not know how far and how deep your roots go, but I want to. You make tangible, respectful, responsible connections. When we do what seems to be the standard now, which is, I just want the plant. Damn, Ma, you look like a mighty fine rose. What them petals do, though? When we come at it from that perspective, we've already done ourselves and anyone else we're working with a disservice. And then the effects of that then goes into expectations. Everyone has these different expectations because now you've had this generation of people who have not only been practicing transporting plants incorrectly, who have turned into their own weeders, who believe that they've been doing it correctly. They snatched so many plants up that the small fraction that did survive, they consider it to be success. That they now pass those lessons on to the next generation and say, yeah, this is how you do it. With all those other farmers, they clearly know that the roots are where the nutrients and the life is. So you have to take the roots. But man, no, come on. We have the new G genetically modified plants. They don't need no roots. Drop it wherever you like. You don't even have to put it back in the soil. Put it in a glass of water. It'll flourish. You now manifest new practices that are predicated on false premises and don't actually work. But if enough people claim it works, enough people try it, then we believe it. If enough people say that this is how you interact with the opposite sex, that's how you believe it goes. If enough women turn around to other women and younger women and tell them, you don't ever let a man tell you what to do. You don't let a man lead you. You don't let a man approach you and, and set an agenda and have an initiative and a backbone. You don't do that. You're a woman. You are your own independent structure. You step up and you step out however you feel and he gets on board. Then people start to believe, yeah, <clears throat> these new plants don't even need roots. They just need sunlight and water and they'll, they'll figure it out. If enough men come through and tell other men and younger men. All women are materialistic. 
all women are shallow. That all women are objects of your pleasure. Then you start to believe that that's how those plants grow. You start to believe that the delicate flower that is in its in and of itself a force of nature is really just a genetically modified starch component that can withstand all. And when you start to believe that and that's how you see it, when those results don't parse out, when the amount of gardens that exist are dying at an alarming rate, it's shocking. This is supposed to be a fruitful exchange, pun intended. It's supposed to happen this way. And now you run into an issue where now you need your flowers. You come to a point where you need your flowers and we can't, we, not only are there no seeds to plant, but we don't know the process. Now it's time for harvest. We ain't got no crops. And we also don't know how to start the process. So now everyone turns to each other and they point the fingers at the other side. Well, it's the women. It's them. If they did this correctly, if they did that correctly. Well, if dudes stepped up and did what they needed to do, if they were respectful and responsible. But no one ever points the finger at themselves and says, hey, maybe I didn't learn the correct processes. Maybe I've been doing this wrong all the time because I, too, have no flowers. And that's the breakdown. I know that that was a very extended metaphor, and I do apologize for anybody that did not follow. I tried to make the connections as best I could. I'm a visual thinker. I try to paint pictures for you all the way I see in my head. So I hope I made that clear enough. But if not, just stick with me and follow me. It'll be clear. So that's where we find ourselves now. We find ourselves where now everyone is looking around and they see a field of dead flowers. Which manifests in the form of there are no good women. The, the dating realm is a joke. Trying to go out and meet a nice young lady is less likely to be possible. It's, it's a field of dead flowers. That's what it looks like. It's like oh, I don't want that. It turns into there are no good men left. Men don't respect women anymore. Men don't do things for women anymore. Men don't stand up for themselves. They don't stand for anything. Because all I see is a field of dead flowers. How could I believe in any of those things? And it's disappointing. And it's frustrating. Because then you get to the point where you realize how deeply ingrained it actually is. Just the other day, one of my favorite channels, Jubilee, and I commend Jubilee for everything that they do. And the types of content they create. Because it's the very kind of stuff that really turns common social issues that we have of the day and they turn them into like you know 15 minute case studies they place a magnifying glass on these issues they had a video where there were people sitting reconvening with their exes and having a conversation about why the relationship didn't work is there still love there those kinds of things and then i landed on a video where there were same scenario but instead of them being exes it was a uh, friends with benefits situation and one of the questions that came up was, does it bother you if I sleep with other people? And then one of the couples, the young lady that was sitting up there immediately without hesitation answered, no, of course not. I don't care. But it was very noticeable from the male perspective that he was a bit bothered 
and was hesitant in his answer. And then when he answered, he kind of went around the bush, but essentially his answer was, I don't love it. I'm not a big fan of it. I have an issue with it. And in that moment, you could see, and it was such a crucial moment to me because there was this, you could almost see the veil come off ever so slightly. And the revelation occur where, which then led to her saying, I didn't know that that bothered you. I didn't know that men cared about things like that. I didn't know that that bothered you. It was so emphatic to me because essentially what she's saying there is, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that men cared about things like that. I didn't know that men had feelings. I didn't know that that there was a connection that could be drawn there. And maybe you could say I'm being presumptuous, right? I don't know the technicals of their relationship. Maybe they had had a conversation at one point that they were on the same page about being just physical. Like we already covered, although that never, ever happens, but it's just physical. Maybe he had done something at some point to demonstrate that he really didn't care. Maybe she is aware that men have feelings. But for her to have that kind of response, there are a few things that have to be true. She has to believe that her being physically connected with other people in that space, in that way, isn't going to have an emotional impact on that guy. She has to believe that she doesn't owe him anything in regards to an explanation or any consideration at all towards her dealings in that space. And then she has to reconcile that and be comfortable with that decision under the belief that as a man, or at least as that man in that position, he does not feel any type of way about it. And that's just an isolated incident. But the larger indication that it signified for me is this is the standard for a lot of us young men and women. This is the standard where we walk into relationships with other people of the opposite sex recklessly, disrespectfully, inconsiderately. And I don't believe it's always intentional. I would even go as far to say I think it's more unintentional than it is intentional. As I outlined earlier in the unnecessarily long metaphor, (laughs) it's just the pattern. It's the process that we have been told is successful. It's the new way of agriculture. It's the new way of growing plants. You don't realize how unsuccessful it is until you yourself cannot grow the flower that you so desire. And then you start to question the process. I want us to question the process a hell of a lot more and get to these points a lot sooner before you end up with your own personal field of dead flowers. Because you got to look at each and every one of those dead flowers as a life, not literally in that you're killing people, but more metaphorically in that you are killing their spirits. Look at each of those flowers lives as someone's faith, their hope and belief in love, in community, in connection with someone. Your field of dead flowers are handfuls of people that you've left behind disillusioned, disrespected, who are completely discombobulated when it comes to navigating in that space. People who can even have enough self-worth and confidence to approach someone and say, hello, hi, how you doing? Because the 10 million thoughts that go through your head first 
are all of the things that you've already seen. Ah, man, how do I approach? Can I even go in and say these things? Am I going to get disrespected? Is she going to shoot me down? Is she going to call me ugly to my face? Am I going to get a snort of derision because I'm even talking to you? Well, I just get ignored because that's how we treat each other, because that's what the standard is on the flip side for the ladies. And I guess, you know, the standard has been even longer for women that they don't approach first anyways. And that's a separate conversation. But for those of our lady shooters out there. Do I move forward? Do I approach this guy and tell him that, you know, you look good, whatever? Do I need to fear for my safety? Well, I get disrespected. No, someone put their hands on me. Well, they say something vulgar and vile to me because I approach them. And so now your expectations end up all over the place. We come from all these different perspectives. Because some people, you've met some people who have beautiful flourishing fields of flowers just a holland like landscape but then you've met just as many people if not more who look like they've just been burning through crops it looks like the aftermath of nagasaki and so you have to ask yourself what do i do and so people don't approach each other and when they do approach they don't know how to talk to one another in part because a lot of people are coming from the perspective of this is already a dead prospect This is already going to be an unfruitful exchange. Why should I even try? Some people live in that that constant fear of if I do take the shot and it is successful, will I be able to plant the roots somewhere else and make this unity grow and flourish? Will that be possible? Or the fear that if I can do that, will I be the only flourishing, healthy, successful flower in a field of dead do i want that pressure do i want to deal with that and in case that metaphor is not clear what i mean by that is do you want to be the only healthy conducive productive relationship in a sea of people who are disconnected disillusioned and disrespectful because you do get berated for that people beat each other down for things like that and criticize other people and break up relationships and, and because it's it's easier to coalesce with them when they're also dead and wilted. That's just more comforting. Let's transition to another part of this too. To push further on the expectation side of things. A lot of us young men struggle with approaching young ladies because we have this expectation that there is this inflated sense of self that we believe that they believe that they are the strongest, tallest, prettiest white rose in a field of dead. Or rather, more accurately, in a field of red roses. Because they also believe that there are also other roses that exist, but that that's just the baddest rose out of all of them. And so we don't approach because we feel like, well, she already knows what she's about. She knows that she's the white rose. And so how do I approach coming from my own personal field of dead roses. And then I have to come over into this beautiful flourishing field and tell her, hey, yeah, you are that rose. You know that, everybody knows that. What can I say to you that you don't already know? But more importantly, you feel like you're lesser than. You feel unworthy to approach the white rose, to pick it. And so we put ourselves down mentally before we even get there. 
And so some of us don't make the advance at all. We don't even start the dialogue. Some of us will start the dialogue, then submit and step back out of it because we still don't believe that we can sustain that connection. What you realize when you do it enough times and actually start that dialogue, you realize that that white rose that you believe knows she's a right white rose, all the other roses acknowledge as the white rose. Not only does she believe that she's a red rose, but she believes she's just one in the hundreds and hundreds of roses in that field and not even one of the prettier ones. You come to realize that the expectation that you think they have and they believe isn't reality. And so you have to demystify it. And I want to demystify it. What we have to realize is a lot of what we are believing about ourselves, how we are expecting to approach these situations is the same things that they are contending with. The same fears that we have, they have. The same concessions that we have, they have. But we have to recognize that. But in order to do that, you have to demystify the process. You have to be willing to approach the white rose that doesn't even believe it's a white rose. You have to do it. And that goes for men and women both. Never feel like there is anyone beyond your means. Be realistic, but also know your landscape. But let's keep going with the metaphor. Just to flesh it all the way out, because I'm not done with it. The reason that I choose to move forward with the imagery of roses and fields is because a lot of the young women that we have to contend with and take our shots at believe that they're all roses. They've been planted in these genetically modified fields where no matter what you plant, it's always going to come out a rose. When the reality is there's some potatoes, some corn, some oranges, some basil, you got some, some, you got some, you know, some fruit plants. Then you also got some carrots, some rutabagas. All of that's being planted in the field. All of us guys know, because you've gotten to a point where on the surface you saw a rose and then you went to scoop it up. And he was like, damn, this shit kind of heavy. You got you a potato. You went to scoop up your rose and you came out with two rutabagas and a radish. It happens. And so all of them, not all of them, we're not going to generalize. The standard is you are all roses. And if that's the basis of what you're operating from, you're going to move as if you're a rose. Although you know you're a potato, you know you're a carrot, you know you're a bunch of bell peppers, but because you know that you can fall on the presentation of being a rose, you're gonna take it, you're gonna run with it. And so what happens is if you know that you can present as a rose, why would you put any effort into making it seem like it's better than what it is. Because the ones who know and accept and present as the rutabagas, the corn, the rad the radash, what? The radishes, they know that they have to do a little bit more work to present because they're operating in a field of roses. So I have to do a little bit more to present what I am as aesthetically pleasing. And as it's usually foretold, Beware the pretty girls, and you probably are going to end up settling for one who's still beautiful, wonderful, but more average. But you're going to get a lot more out of it, nutritionally. Because you can eat roses too, but how much nutritional value does a rose have? And see, that's the thing. As guys, we are all the farmers out in the field trying to pit, scoop up all the roses until you hit that cold season and it's time to take advantage of your harvest and eat. And boy, it's a cold winter because you realize all you got is a bunch of roses. 
and you'd wish that you had some nice hearty potatoes and corn and carrots and peppers. That's when you desire that. But to bring it back to the women, the rutabagas and the potatoes know they have to do a little bit more to present. And so they put more effort into developing that hearty potato. Or in other words, they put more effort into being a quality woman, learning what it takes to be presentable, learning what it is that men actually do and how we react, but also what we need, how to pick up on cues, how to know what we need without ever having to say what we need. They put that kind of work in. But when you're in a field of roses where everyone believes they're presenting as a rose, you don't put that work in. And what that manifests into? Horrible communication skills. And then we run into what you hear all too often. Young women are shallow, ignorant, they're disrespectful. I mean, how many times have we said that now? They have this inflated sense of I can make it, I can beat all the odds alone. So you can't even hold a reasonable conversation because you start to hear things that don't make sense. You find yourself dealing with a rutabaga who is trying to present as a high quality ear of corn, but speaking as if she's a rose riddled with contradictions. It gets so aggressively convoluted that you can't even begin to unravel. And as men, we get disinterested. It's like, man, I'm not going to put myself through that. But then we get frustrated and we get disappointed because it's like, man, why is it so hard to just have a real conversation? Why is it so hard to get to know who a chick really is? Why is it so hard to find a potato who's going to present as a potato and realize I'm hungry? I want potatoes. Why is that so hard to do? So there's a level of realism that we all have to come to. There's a certain level of understanding we need to have with one another but a lot of that starts from oh i missed a great pun right there i could have said stems from being able to acknowledge our poor farming practices a lot of that comes from really trying to change up the process in the first place so where does that put us at how do we begin to solve these things i think the first thing is we have to acknowledge and take issue with the fact that there are so many fields of dead flowers. Why are there so many? We have to acknowledge and accept that a lot of us out here are have lost the drive, have lost the belief, have lost the faith in that love, in that com- that 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 community, that connection. But here's what we also have to understand: we have to understand that we're all in the field. Some of us believe we're the farmers, and some of us believe we're the crop we have to realize that we are all in the field some of us are only working to be presentable enough to make next year's harvest and some of us believe that we will always be the farmer we'll get to take our pick so we need to get real about what's going on let's be honest and accept that we're all in this field together and it is dying the same way that deforestation is a real issue in our world there are less trees less rainforest land we are losing that quality soil we are losing available space to plant ourselves to develop our roots and to flourish we're losing that that's number one when we realize that we also have to realize that we are killing ourselves if we all can come to the conclusion and the understanding that we are all plants in the field, you also come to the conclusion that plants help each other flourish. 
as humans, we get very individualistic and we get very selfish. And so we think of ourselves as these absolute deified entities. And the reality is you need other people to make it. The reality is you're something like a plant and you need your roots to settle in, to grow the nutrients of the land. Those nutrients come from each other. We have to give that to each other. More accurate way to put it, honestly, if one of us is the plant, then the other has to be the soil. Whoever is, whichever, it doesn't matter. If the men are going to be the soil and the women are going to be the plants, regardless, we both have roles to play. Let me say that again for the people in the back. We both have roles to play. Men and women. Why we feel like we can dismiss some of those things that are really just givens, I don't know. We're in the process of trying to redefine ourselves and who we are as people and what that means. I get that. That's natural. But we can't dismiss the reality of how the nature works. You need your soil and you need your plants. Look at all of mankind society as the whole field. You don't want it to become arid and die. Humanity dies. Humanity is a field. When we can't make those communications and respect and cherish and love each other responsibly, we are scooping the roots right out. You're taking the nutrients out of the soil. It's hand in hand. It's symbiotic. We have to work together. Some of us start with better roots. Some of us start in better Soil with more nutrients, but we all got to work together to make it and flourish. So in closing, men don't ever believe that any one rose is better than another. There are no white roses in this sea of red. The reality is a lot of these roses are truly potatoes, rutabagas, corn, peppers, you name it. But we also need to be honest with ourselves and realize that what we need to survive is rutabagas, corn, potatoes, and peppers. That's what's going to keep you full at night. Be honest with yourself. Help the young women understand that you need not present as a rose if you know you are the potato, corn, rutabaga, and bell pepper. Represent that. Respect yourself and respect us enough to do that. Do not feel like you are above. Do not feel like you can make it without us because we need each other to make it. I need your crops to sustain. You need my soil to sustain. Disrespecting one another, believing that you're better than the other, not learning the process of what it takes to make a good harvest is the problem. We all have to learn from each other and we have to teach each other what's really going on. But that also means we have to be receptive of those lessons to get it. We can do better. We can do better. This has been another episode of Menstruction. I uh, <laughs> I do apologize for how aggressively extended that metaphor was. But I hope it was clear. If there was any confusion, do not worry. In the next handful of episodes, we will be diving into things a little bit deeper. And clarifying some of these things as well. So just be on the lookout in the next couple of weeks as well as for some new content that is coming. But I will leave you with this. All of us can flourish and should want to flourish. 
I love each and every one of you. Peace.